Good morning. It's Ioni Mountbatten again, and um, coming from my uh, house in West Lafayette, Indiana. Um, you'll have to excuse my dog, who's um, walking at perhaps one of the cats. Um, so I'm reading chapter two of On Days Like This. It's a short chapter, but um, it's uh, a good uh, uh, entry in there because it'll give a background into what uh, Mary and G's got. Uh, is going to be facing when she starts working at Yale. So here goes. Chapter 2. A month before graduation day, Mary went to her interview. She wore a navy suit. Oh, heavens. I'm sorry. Something popped up and blocked my... Uh, what's it called? Okay, she wore a navy suit and a frilled blouse. Her shoes were simple pumps that were also navy. Her resume was in her narrow black briefcase, in case she thought anyone there wanted to see it. Her future workmate sat in a conference room as she stood and presented her thesis research to them. The man named Tom sat with the others. His face looked serious and made her wonder if he would have be in interested in her talk. Then, as she kept on talking, she saw that this, his mouth had dropped open and it made her laugh inwardly. He looked as though he had seen her in a different light, and then he realized that he, she was laughing at him, and he shut his mouth closed and looked severe as she kept on talking. Rebecca Scott asked her daughter after she came back to the hotel, How did it go? Did you see anyone there that you liked? Mary remembered this man to her, in her mind and said and smiled. Yes, there was a guy. He's blonde and he has blue eyes. Her mother sat silent and Mary nodded as she glanced at her husband, Angie Scott, who said nothing, but kept on eating the snack they had, a sandwich that everyone shared from a nearby restaurant. Mary pleaded a headache, however, and said, I'm tired. I think I'll take a nap, and then, if you wish, we could all go out for dinner later. Is that okay? Sure, said Rebecca. Mary went to her own bed and took her shoes, took off her shoes, slipped off her skirt and lay in her bed in her slip. She didn't care. Her parents went to their own room and left her alone. She turned to her side and slept like the dead, her headache still throbbing. Rebecca and Angie sat in their room and looked thoughtfully at each other. Angie, a man of short stature but a quiet man, sighed. Well, she's going here. We'll have no choice in this matter. Rebecca nodded, tried not to cry. She has her own life to lead. I hope that this path is something that God wants for her. Angie shrugged. We'll plan on something. She can't live that far from away from us. I don't like the looks of this place called Yale. His slanted eyes looked at the window and looked, took in the scene beyond. She's just so young and she doesn't know anything about men. Angie, she said with a tone that cut him on, cut him raw. I need to talk to her. What, and burst her bubble? He expostulated. No, let her learn about life. I'll make sure she's protected. Angie looked grimly at his wife, but his thoughts were back to his associates. I'm sorry, that's wrong. The wrong uh, statement. Um, Angie looked grimly at his wife, but his thoughts went back to his association with the Yakuza. He was one of them. His father, Angie Singer, was a member. Yakuza was the Japanese mafia, and they were all over the place in the world. Yes, Angie said with a low voice, I think she's going to need protection. Rebecca looked up and stared at him. She saw a look in his face 
that gave her a rising feeling of confidence that things were going to be okay for her only child. That's the end of the chapter, and I hope that you enjoyed it, even though there's all this background noise uh, with with the laundry going and the, the dog barking. Um, other than that, um, it's a new day, and so I'm hoping that um, I can check in again later with another chapter uh, entry. I hope everybody has a good morning. Bye.